Ben Shapiro, on his show last week, responded to Beto saying that you're not going to be able to teach your children anything other than gender fluidity. And that it will be basically child abuse if you try. And here's what Ben Shapiro said. Listen. In other words, if you're a church, you're not infringing on anybody's rights. You're just saying you can't come here for your marriage. Go to the church down the street. You're a religious school. You're saying, listen, you want to learn about gay rights? Go to the public school down the street. Okay, you want to learn about gay rights? You can just go to that secular atheistic crossroads school in Santa Monica. Like, enjoy yourself. That's your problem. Go enjoy. Fine. You're not infringing on anybody. Your mere existence is an infringement, according to Beto O'Rourke. The institutional existence is an infringement on liberty, according to Beto O'Rourke. And you must be shut down. You want a culture war in this country? You damn well have it, Beto O'Rourke. You want a culture war in this country? You want this country to come apart at the seams? This is how you do it. Because I promise you, if you come to tell me that you're going to indoctrinate my kids in particular policy, and that I can't pull my kid out of the school and send my kid to a school I want to send them to, that I can't go to the church or synagogue that I want to go to, and if you make that national policy, not just California policy where I can move, but national policy, people are not going to stand for that. They're not going to stand for that. And if you send a truant officer to remove my child, I have two choices at that point, right? If I have no place to move because you've now made this national federal policy, I now have two choices. One is to leave the country utterly. Two is to pick up a gun. Those are the only choices that you have left me. And now people are like, oh, this is ex- how could you say stuff like that? How could you be so extreme? It's not extreme to defend the fundamental rights the Constitution was created in order to protect. These rights pre-exist government. My right to raise my child in my faith is my right. That is a First Amendment right. There is only one reason the government exists, to protect those rights, not invade those rights. It is my right to raise my child with the moral precepts that I find to be beneficial for my child. Well, Beto O'Rourke does not get to raise my child. I, and if he tries, I will meet him at the door with a gun. That is insane. Now everybody was up in arms about that. I agree 100%. I tweeted that right after this came out. And I said, if you want to not be a parent, if you would like to be more of a babysitter, you can go to Canada, you can go to the UK, Russia, China. Boy, China, they'll raise your kids for you. You don't even have to drive them to gym. I mean, they'll, they'll become gymnasts. You'll have nothing to do with it. Just have a baby and let them take and run it. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. First, let me first let me start here, so you know exactly where I'm coming from. My church has made a proclamation called Proclamation of a Family. Now, they didn't do this because they were freaking out about what is happening right now and rushing just to say something so they could keep their bigoted view. No, they made a proclamation to the world. On the family. And they did this in the 1990s. And quite honestly, anybody in the faith went, duh, when it came out. Now it looks a little prophetic. Second paragraph. All human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son or daughter of heavenly parents. And as such, each has divine nature and destiny. Gender 
is an essential characteristic of individual, pre-mortal, mortal, and internal, uh, eternal identity and purpose. So my faith has been teaching forever that gender is not fluid. Gender is not a mistake. You are not a mistake. But now, Beto and the others in the Democratic Party would like to remove that responsibility. And if you think that it's not happening, think again. Now, I tweeted 100% support behind Beto. What is the Second Amendment for, if not to protect the First Amendment? And I said, if you want to be a parent uh, that's more of a babysitter, just go to Canada. Are you a babysitter or are you a parent? As a parent, you get to direct the affairs and decisions of your kids while still respecting their basic human rights as human beings. You help them determine their course in life, what they wear, what they don't, at the beginning, what they eat, when they sleep, the books they read, what games they play, when they get a bike, when they get their first BB gun. It's an awesome and terrifying experience and responsibility every single minute. And if you're a good parent, you worry all the time about that one kid that's going to come in and influence them and steer them in another direction after all of the hard work you've done. And then we pay a university to do it. The responsibility of not screwing something up. And I got news for you. We all screw our kids up. We all do. We all make mistakes. What if you let them eat too much candy? What if they sit too close to the TV and get eye cancer? What if letting them play with your Apple Watch results in accidentally sending dozens of pictures of your nose hairs to your PTA president? As far as your kid is concerned, you are a bit of a benevolent dictator at least until they get into their teens and figure out that you're mostly full of crap, you really don't know what you're doing. Those are fun days. As a parent, you and your spouse run the show. When you have a babysitter, they only have a select set of discretionary powers that you delegate to them. They run the set of plays that you select. Feed them this. Put them in bed at nine. Video games only after homework is done. Babysitters, the good ones at least, simply do the list of things that you tell them to do. They don't have any authority to engage in life-altering actions for your kids. They are then there to tend for a very short period of time. Tend to your children, but not decide who your kids will be or how they will be raised. School is not a babysitter. School is not a parent. Are we parents anymore? Do we get to decide how and when our child develops? 
Should they take the Flintstone vitamins or not? Should they get all their vaccinations or not? Are they ready to learn about the birds and the bees or not? Are they mature enough to have a sleepover, to carry a cell phone, to ride bikes across Main Street, to buy a soda at the Dairy Queen? These choices aren't yours anymore. You can't send your kids walking down the street just to go to Dairy Queen. God forbid somebody sees that child and says you're an irresponsible parent. What? They were going to the park to play. I got so much hate mail from people. Oh, really? What rights have I lost by living in Canada? A lot. What rights have I lost living in, in Great Britain? A ton. Ask Charlie Gard's parents. The child whom British socialized medicine decided it was too expensive to treat for a severe disorder, and they left him on feeding tubes to die, despite the parents' pleas to remove him from the hospital and take him to another country for attempts at treatment. Despite the court battles and the global press coverage, the death panel, yes, the death panel, decided it would set a bad precedent, and, and then all the parents that didn't have the chance and the choice to treat their children, well, they might, they might, uh, there might be a uprising even though even though the children could be taken outside of the country at zero cost to the to the government you can't allow the parents to do that what about in canada where it's considered legal child abuse not to address your child with their preferred gendered pronoun at any age Child abuse. That's what it is in Canada now. Child abuse that could result in your child being removed from your home and placed in government-ordered foster care with you in jail as if you had beaten your child with a tire iron. The same goes for teaching your children that homosexual, homosexuality might be a sin in the eyes of God. Also, federal offense, punishable by potential jail time, even if your religious beliefs indicate that it's a sin. That's why my people came here to America and not to Canada. We came here because we knew we had certain rights that no one else guaranteed. But our Constitution guarantees our right of freedom of religion. How about in the EU, where parents can be fined if it's determined that they're not giving Islam fair and equal coverage to Christianity or Judaism in their homeschooling program? No matter your religious traditions, your scriptures, if you teach your kids that Moses was a prophet, but Muhammad was not, in, in Europe, they can take your child because you're engaging in hate speech. The hate speech of teaching Christian theology is being superior to Muslim theology. Not in your own home. Not in all of Europe. What rights have I lost? How about this? Are your kids ready to learn about sex? And at what age? Are they, when do they learn where babies come from? And believe me, they start asking way before they're ready to know much detail. Whoever invented the stork story was genius because you do you can delay for a little while. Seriously. Parents. Parents decide that. And even in their own home, each child is different. How and when and and how you have that discussion and what you say. Or maybe not, not anymore. That ship has sailed. 
After all, as parents, we're not really parents anymore. At least in most of the world, here in America, it's holding on by a thread. And I mean that thread is not good. Maybe we're just all babysitters. Maybe the government will leave us a note on when the children should be in bed, what we should teach, when we should teach, what they can watch, what they can't watch. In 2015, advanced sex education became a required curriculum in Canadian public schools, including primary and secondary school, for kindergarten through 12th grade. Announcing the controversial program, the education minister named Prue indicated the program would include what he termed age-appropriate instruction on LGBTQ and gender expression issues, sexual orientation, sexual assault, as well as traditional sex education topics such as preventing STDs. Although Mr. Prue acknowledged some parents and teachers may be opposed to this content, the instruction is necessary, saying, quote, I know it's not an easy subject. I know the questions are sensitive, but we have to respond to a society and a societal issue. The new program was developed in collaboration with sexologists as well as public and private organizations, including Planned Parenthood. When asked if parents who objected to the content would be allowed to opt out of the new sex education program, Mr. Prue indicated such waivers would be allowed only in exceptional cases, such as if a student had been the prior victim of sexual abuse. Other than that, no exemptions would be allowed for moral or religious belief. Canada and all those who tweeted me, what have I lost? You lost it long ago and you probably don't care. Americans, at least some of us, still do. Because we are guaranteed that right. You never had that right. We were guaranteed that right. And Ben Shapiro is right. That is the only reason the Constitution exists, or the government exists. This is the only reason. Governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. But that's not all. It gets worse. <laughs> not only in Europe, but we'll take a look at what's happening here as well. And continue to ask yourself, are you a parent or are you a babysitter? During the four years this program was in place in Canada, let me give you some of the lessons that were taught. In Quebec, children as young as 10 were taught that a person's gender does not correspond to their sex at birth. In Montreal, kindergartners age six were split into small groups and given dolls to enable them to play house, including same-sex parents, gender-neutral couples, where parents didn't identify as mom and dad, but rather parent one and parent two. 12 to 13-year-old students were given a writing exercise based on this question, how would thinking about your personal limits and making a personal plan influence decisions you may choose to make about your sexual activity? The age of consent, by the way, in Canada is 18, so sex at age 13 would be statutory rape in Canada, but it doesn't stop them from teaching that you're still going to have it. 
In a guest lecture provided by a nurse from Planned Parenthood, one lesson taught to eighth graders ways to risk the pregnancy. Suggestions included condoms, masturbation, same-sex partners, and anal intercourse. Abstinence was not one of the suggestions. Quoting from the Canadian sex education curriculum, children are expected to demonstrate an understanding of gender identity, male, female, two-spirited, transgender, transsexual, intersex, gender expression, sexual orientation, gay, heterosexual, lesbian, bisexual, and identify factors that can help individuals of all identities and orientations to develop self-positive concepts. Of page 240 sex ed curriculum, two words that appear zero times, zero times, love and marriage. In 2015, Ben Levin pleaded guilty to multiple counts of child exploitation, production, and possession of child pornography and pedophilia. By the way, uh, Mr. Levin's name is not on the list of authors, but he was one of the authors of the Canadian Sex Education Manual. Canada's not unique. BBC article from 2017, citing the alleged success of the Canadian sex education program. They're rolling it out now in UK. In the UK, the program is called Sexual Relationships Education. Focus on teaching children as young as 12 the importance of developing a proper, healthy sexual identity and relationship. The mandatory program includes instruction for students to learn and understand about their own bodies, including what feels good and what does not. Quoting from the study guide, thinking about your sexual health is complicated. It's also about your sexual orientation and gender identity. The understanding of your own body include what gives you pleasure and the emotional implications of sex intimacy and sexual relationships. By the way, as of 2018, the state of California has made this sexual education mandatory with no opt-out provisions. Massachusetts has this on the ballot. But wait, there's more. What rights am I losing as a parent? Oh, you're about to lose almost all of them. Almost all of them. Choose wisely, America. Back in a minute. Beto uh, has uh, said in the last few days that um, if you if your church, if your school is not teaching, you know, gender fluidity and everything else uh, that you'll be forced to uh, because the laws are changing. Well, no, you're not going to force me because this is a for me, this is a religious doctrine my doctrine of my church is that, and this wasn't just made up, this is 30 years ago, that gender is uh, part of your identity, of your soul. That there are no mistakes, and that male and female are specific, and they are assigned. You don't have to believe this, but this is what I believe. They are assigned when your spirit is created. And there is no mix-up on that. Now, 
Again, you don't have to believe that. But I have a right to say it. I have a right to believe it. And I have a right to live it in public. Now, I don't have a right to hate people that are different. Well, actually, I do. You do have a right to be an idiot. You can hate whoever you want. But that would be idiotic. It doesn't mean that I hate anybody. And I certainly am not teaching my children that there should be, you know, violence or there are half people or anything like that. I don't even know who would do that. Well, except for people who believe we came from monkeys because there's got to be some half people around here, half monkey, half people. After all, it, it was the survival of the fit species. I'm not sure which ones are fit or not. If you think that this isn't an issue, Ben Shapiro was used uh, this weekend as a guy who said, I'll defend my right and my synagogue's right to teach whatever it is they teach. And if you come to my house to take my children away because I believe in these things, well, you'll meet me at the door with a gun because I have a right. And the left immediately freaked out. See, you got a gun crazy. This would be a red flag law if they have their way. Ben Shapiro would have his rights taken from him. But that is exactly what the First Amendment is for, to defend the First Amendment. When the government makes the sexual activization and grooming of a 12-year-old child as state policy, using the threat of fines or jail time for parents who may not choose to have their children instructed how to develop sexual relationships, your right as a parent are gone. When a state is teaching five- and six-year-olds how to identify and spell vagina, vulva, anus, penis, instead of cat, dog, mom, and dad, your rights as a parent are gone. When the state is requiring first-grade teachers to read My Princess Boy, that reads, Dyson loves pink, sparkly things. Sometimes he wears dresses. Sometimes he wears jeans. He likes to wear his, his princess tiara even when climbing trees. He's a princess boy. Then that is when that is required for seven and eight-year-olds to be, to be read, but Huck Finn, Catcher in the Rye, and the Jungle Book are all banned, your rights as a parent are gone. Schools in Canada and the UK, and increasingly so here in America, have become nothing more than sexual training centers, grooming children as young as five and six years old for sexually active lives, gender fluidity, and bisexuality. In the name of remaking the world into a politically correct safe space for every possible gender identity, every sexual behavior and proclivity, they have made it the government's business to hypersexualize our children, normalizing ultra rare behaviors such as gender dysphoria. And they are teaching our young children how to develop a plan around sexual activity and figuring out what could possibly be different and sexually pleasurable. These lessons happen when the kids are preteens. Well, children are going to become sexually active anyway. It's a societal problem we have to deal with. You're damn right. It is 100% a societal problem. That's why I don't want society fixing it. 
we have a problem in our society when we believe that by law, 10 and 12 year old kids need to learn about anal intercourse as a way to not get pregnant, but not abstinence. It is a societal problem. The problem is that our kids are more likely to be exposed to pornography than the last generation. They're more likely to be, be bullied if they're gay. We have solution for those kinds of problems. And parents have to do their job in the solution. The same as it's always been. The problem is we have somehow come to believe that the only way to solve any perceived ill in the world is for government to act. That is against the Constitution. I have rights as a parent. Now, could churches and and religions help provide a framework for understanding relationships, self-worth, sexuality, and love? No! That ghost in the sky, he's not real. Could parents determine the right way and the wrong way to discuss sexual feelings and urges with their kids? No! Parents might make their kids feel uncomfortable. Only in the scientifically based classroom setting can children freely discover and express their sexuality. If in your state, your province, your country, your local school district, you don't have a choice about sending your kids into a classroom where teachers are required to teach this kind of content, don't even pretend you have any rights left as a parent. Are you delusional? Have you fallen that far that we we all somehow believe that somehow our duty as a citizen is to let our children be psychologically and philosophically molded by some government stooge into sexually active gender and sex orientation fluid agents of change? There are children. These are the people we've been working so hard to keep them away from their whole life. And now they're in a position of authority. I don't know about you, but as for Mr. Shapiro, I'm with you, Ben. I'm with you. Beto, don't show up at my door demanding my kids learn about developing a sexual plan at the age of 12. Because if you do, we're going to have a serious disagreement. And you also have a serious disagreement with me and many of my neighbors about the Second Amendment as well. The Second Amendment is not there for hunting. It's not there for sport. It is there to keep tyranny at bay. It is there for the citizens so they have a way to rise up against a con- an out-of-control government that wants nothing more than tyranny. They want the guns because they that way can control the populace. I think it was said best by Charlton Heston out of my cold dead hands it is never outrageous or radical to defend the bill of rights don't be a babysitter you are a parent do your job and do not surrender this ground Beto, stay out of my house. Stay out of my homeschool. Stay out of my kids' lives. You're not welcome there. I'm a parent. That's my job. That's my wife's job. And we may hire the occasional babysitter, 
But believe me, I would never hire some creep out of Washington to watch my kids. We're parents. No, no others need apply. No, it, what's really incredible to me is that people say, oh, you're just denying science. You're just, you're just a Bible thumper. Well, I have a right to thump the Bible. I have a right to believe in the Bible. I have a right to my, my faith and my religion, and I have a right to practice it openly. That's what this country was founded on. So, yeah, you could say that about me, but I, I, I actually care about the facts. And the facts are, when it comes to transgender, 85% of those who have gender dysphoria grow out of it. 85%. Now, they generally become lesbian, bisexual, or uh, gay. But you're turning, you're targeting those kids and turning them into a T when they might be an L or a G or a B. Why does nobody care about this? It seems like something they would normally oppose, right? Like you're targeting some young kid who's an LG and B and trying to change them. And when the overwhelming evidence shows that they don't want to change. Or when, when they don't change, they wind up being happy that they didn't change later in life. If it's 85%. And what is the number of those who do change that want to change back? That's interesting. I don't, I don't have that stat in front the of me. The suicide um, rate goes up yeah. after the change. I mean, it's a major change, you know, it's a major change. And we're, you know, locking something like that in when a child, as we saw the other day, <sighs> is, you know, likely, you know, really interested in, you know, going to Disneyland. And, you know, my kid is eight. Uh, my son is eight. And, you know, the kids that were on the CNN show the other day were nine. Like, my son is not prepared to make a lifelong decision that would change his gender. If they are, why can't we? Why can't eight-year-old, nine-year-olds get um, get married? Yeah, because we all know that's ridiculous. That's you don't make that decision at eight and nine years old. Yeah, that's why we have all sorts of laws that restrict people who are eight and nine from making lifelong decisions. Right. I mean, and marriage is at least reversible. Right. Even having sex <laughs> with somebody, they're, yeah. they're nine years old. They want to have sex. No, it's against the law. Why? It was only sex once. You're going to allow them to change their gender for life? Right. And of course, the, insane. I mean, obvious from aside from the obvious, one of the arguments against letting kids make those decisions would be they would be scarred for life. They're in, in this intense, you know, some sort of adult experience at eight or nine years old. Well, you don't think that that's true with changing your gender? Mm -hmm. Again, like these things can all happen when kids become ad adults. That 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 eventually occurs. The aging thing happens. You know, I, a lot of you know, I see this all the time. You know, I'm, I'm relatively restrictive with what what I wa allow my kids to watch on TV, and I even see it compared to other uh, parents that I, we're friends with that are generally have the same profile as as us. You know, that are uh, you know generally conservative and maybe religious, and and I always think to myself, look, there is plenty of time for my kid to enjoy terrifying movies. There's plenty of time for my kid to enjoy an appetite for violent video games. He can do all that later on in life. Mm. All that can all happen. And you know what? As a, as a boy, uh, probably is going to happen at some point. He's mm. probably going to love that stuff. I know a lot of it I like, mm -hmm. right? But like, there's no reason to introduce it to them early. And I think that's the, that's the situation here. There is plenty of time for an adult to decide, you know what? 
I'm making a logical decision based on whatever I think is going on in my life that I'm going to wind up, I'm going to decide to be a girl. Like, that's a decision. If you're going to make it, you need to make it with enough life experience to at least be responsible for your own actions. And as we all know, if you leave your eight or nine year old responsible for their own actions, you will get arrested. You will go to prison. If we, we are seeing this all over the country, where if you let your eight or nine year old go play at the playground by themselves, the police come to your house. Playing for an afternoon by themselves gets a visit from the police. But if you allow them to change their uh, gender or you don't want them mm-hmm. to make that choice, the police will come to your house. I mean, that's way, insanity. Just, let, me, let me play the uh, Bill Barr. He spoke about this uh, this weekend. Listen. Among the militant secularists are many so-called progressives. But where is the progress? We are told we are living in a post-Christian era, but what has replaced the Judeo-Christian moral system? Hmm. What is it that can fill the spiritual void in the hearts of the individual person? And what is the system of values that can sustain human social life? The fact is that no secular creed has emerged capable of performing the role of religion. This is not decay. This is organized destruction. Secularists and their allies have marshaled all the forces of mass communication, popular culture, the entertainment industry, and academia in an unremitting assault on religion and traditional values. Let me switch subjects, Um, and it's still on self-reliance. One of the things that Mercury One did when we first started it was to empower people at the local level we still, when we raise money, we don't go out there and do it. We found the local churches, the local institutions that are the the best at delivering aid to people. Uh, we did this with the Nazarene Fund, and boy, could we use your help. Um, we ask that you would... Um, you would consider coming to our big gala because this is what pays all the overhead and we have lots of great people going to be there chuck norris is going to be there again this year tim ballard uh, ballard uh, i will be there uh, all of the staff from the blaze will be there mercuryone.org m1 bala uh, uh, m1 ball it happens october 26th that's a week from this coming saturday please join us mercuryone.org m1 ball